0: another episode of the who Dat jedi podcast as always i'm aaron and with me as always as always fredo and dave how you guys doing
1: hey how you doing we're doing okay
0: yeah we're
2: doing okay we're hanging in there
0: hanging in so what, what'd you say what what episode number are we on right now is this officially 70
2: this is 70 we just
0: passed 69 so yeah we said we've been hanging on to that one nice. for a couple weeks so uh <laughs> might be a world's record you never know um so and uh, you know of course uh, what in the saints news um we haven't really made any big uh splash on the uh free agency signings have we well
1: That's we kind of sort of broke not quite broke but we're just mostly we keep trying to keep as much of the guys we want to keep
0: well, that's so. The, like, something Brittany James. and I were talking about the other day. Is that, you know, it's one thing where it's like, man, we haven't really made any like big moves, but then most of our guys are coming back, so mm-hmm. that's that's huge. Um, and what did I see, we're playing uh, Tennessee on week seventeen. We're going to get one more week of football, and yep. everybody who plays football thinks that's stupid. Um, yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Alvin Kamara is like ready to go move to montana and start his uh you know outdoor business (laughs) yes his snowboarding escapades. yeah it's gonna be like it's gonna be like the tony hawk of snowboarding
0: i kind of totally thought that uh i actually thought we were going to be making a play for richard sherman but it sounds like he's not going anywhere so um i don't know so but of course then Maybe we need Richard Sherman if uh, players keep getting arrested, but we'll just let that one go for a
1: while <laughs> uh, to, to be honest I you know like I like Richard Sherman as a person I appreciate his talent his skills his intelligence but I also look at him and go like he's thirty four he's had a number of major injuries that's not really good if you're gonna go up against you know Mike Evans and uh, Calvin Ridley. That doesn't speak well to your immediate future against the top wide receivers in the NFL.
0: Yeah, true. Who knows? Maybe there's another Marshawn Lattimore in the draft there waiting for us. Who knows? So. You know
1: who's one of the you know top cornerback prospects? You're gonna get a kick out of this. It's uh, Joe Horn's kid. All oh, right on. Yeah, Jc Horn's actually projected to go like top 15. It's actually actually weird. They have Joe Horn's kid. Patrick Sertain's kid, and Asante Samuel's kid, all in this draft. So somewhere on the way, all the players that you remember watching have now have kids old enough to be going into the NFL.
2: <laughs> That's like another sign that we're old.
0: Yeah, no kidding. No
1: kidding. <laughs> exactly.
2: Well, um, right. but yeah, I like it. I, I, I like where they're at. As I think they're at as good a spot as they can be given the salary cap. The problem is the defensive line and the second quarterback spot, right? Yeah. And if they figure out a way to fill those two areas, they're they're going to be competitive.
1: And, and really, I mean, you know, I think I've been listening to a lot of Saints podcasts and they, they've all kind of landed on the same spot, meaning uh, realistically, like the last four or five years, we all had a Super Bowl or bus mentality. And this year is going to be uh look, we don't know. We're just going to take it a game at a time and enjoy the ride. Yeah,
0: let's, Anything, but let's not get seven and nine. How about that? Well, I guess we can't get Ex- seven and nine. Let's not get uh, eight and nine. Um, <laughs> exactly. Well, like I said, I so, mean, you know, if uh, I still say if we're, if we lost Drew Brees and Sean Payton in the same year, that's when I'd be worried. Um, so anyway, all faith, all faith in coach. Right. Um, that's right. All right. Well, cool. Well, let's. Uh, we're here to talk some Star Wars. We just since we've been off for a couple of weeks, we've got uh, a whole bunch of crud to talk about, don't we? Um, so yes. tonight's episode is just going to be like all the stuff that's been going on that maybe you've missed out on or we haven't talked about stuff like that. So, just so, you know, this is this is the kind of episode that needs to be in a bar because we just need to be sitting at a table and you know just yammering about Star Wars. But, um, but in, but we're still in our remote locations by the way i get my second shot tomorrow Hooray, so, congrats yep everybody get vaccinated i think anybody in louisiana can now right it's just
1: if you're if you're over 16 then you don't need to have pre-existing condition and a lot of the uh vaccination sites whether it's the big one at the convention center or through the hospitals you can just go and roll walk right up and get your first shot or your second shot
0: so go so you get your
1: first shot second yeah. shot feel later. so yeah. go,
0: go do it go do it everybody. Uh, but let's get our let's get ourselves into some trivia here. And uh, man, I need to hold these far away again. Uh, I need my readers. Um, so Fredo, we'll start with you. What Cloud City executive has a brain enhancing device wrapped around the back of his skull? any Christmas.
1: Uh, OK, I get what the answer. Yeah, the question was written for No,
0: I'm saying but, it's an easy question. Right? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah
1: no, actually, I say that, but now I'm throwing a blank. Novot? Uh, uh,
0: I was gonna say there's there's a brain there's a uh, you know like word association that you can play there because it was a brain enhancing device wrapped around the back of his skull so like he had a lobotomy so yes it is lobot
1: (laughs) yeah just it took me a moment I was like oh crud I can't think of who it is and then I went wait a minute is it this oh Aaron
2: that is literally the first time I thought about that oh really (laughs) associating lobot with lobotomy I always associated it with robot.
0: Man, well, okay, maybe I could. I don't know if that's why they came up with it. But that was my word association.
2: Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. No, that's great.
0: Um, yeah, at Fredo. By the way, when you lose something like that, it's like I remember singing with my band, and it's like getting you're coming out of a break into the next verse, and you don't remember any words, and yeah. then just at the last second, they just all barf out at once. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Well, Dave, to you. Who identifies the droid who saved Queen Amidala's ship as R2-D2? So who identifies the droid who saved Queen Amidala's ship as R2-D2?
2: Oh, now I'm getting him uh, confused with the other guy. Uh, It's because there's two, like, chief guardsmen that hang out with her. Is it... uh, is it Captain Panaka?
0: It is Captain Panaka, and I don't Ooh. have any word association for his. However, his what it's it was it his nephew that's in episode two, Captain Typho, which is like Supposedly. a horrible name. Trick.
2: Typho was the other one. I was like, uh, is, <laughs> is it Panaka or is it Typho? So.
0: Okay, so for me, who's brave enough to nibble on Luke's food bar? That sounds dirty. Who's brave enough to nibble on Luke's food bar? That would be Yoda. Um, by the way, so as I was flying uh uh this weekend, um, I was watching Rise of Skywalker, okay. and there and it, it's it's still strike it it's so striking how we need to have an episode where we compare Endgame with Rise of Skywalker or or basically you can, you know. There, well, there's so many Marvel things that Star Wars stole and some Star Wars things that Marvel stole, I would say. Um, but it's, it is just absolutely striking. The one I almost like just went, oh, come on, like out loud on the plane when uh, it never hit me in the line when, you know, Palpatine says, I, I you know, I am all the Sith. And then Ray says, and I am all the Jedi it's like in the same beat pattern as, you know, Tony Stark, you know, and I am Iron Man. It's, you know, it's not, I don't think it's even shameful, you know, if, they, they just have, they have no shame. It's just like, yeah, okay, well, the end game had all the people coming out and the, you know, the uh, portals, well, just, you know, bring all these ships in and, um, or, you know, like I said, I, I still think that uh, end game kind of Thor's hammer flying into, um Captain America's hand is very, that's that's the lightsaber going into Rey's hand. Um, but uh, but no, it's like Rise of Skywalker stole so many endgame moments.
1: Quick sidebar, do you think this? if Disney could have planned that better, do you think they would have waited to put Rise of Skywalker maybe a half a year later, maybe in the following summer? I mean, I know Hansa being 2020 probably couldn't given everything that happened in the world but just to kind of give it some more distance from Endgame because it immediately, I mean, I think even the cast and crew the people put together were cognizant of the fact that it, those their big beats are going to draw so many comparisons to Endgame.
0: Well, but this is, you know it's not that they just draw comparisons to, it's like you have two kids in class that, you know, borrow each other's papers and just take little chunks out you know, and just change a few, you know, things here and there, it's it's dreadfully obvious. I don't know. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, Hollywood does that all the time, I, you know, and it's usually competing studios, you know, like there was that one. Every year you're like, oh, there's suddenly two volcano movies for me to choose from. Okay. Next year it's a, there's two asteroid movies for me to choose from. You know, it's hilarious how they just seem to like, focus in on the same idea and then they, and then it's a race to try to see who gets to it first.
0: Yeah. But again, it's not just focusing on the same. It's not like we get, you know, you know, back to the future and tot tub time machine in the same, you know, you know, at the same time, it's like I said, just the, the thing that was so striking was that, an I am all the Jedi line that that was just like, Oh, come on. You know, that's, that was, that was just total ripoff. It's total ripoff. Um, you know, Fredo,
2: what you got me thinking about though with that comment about like what if the the movie were set Mm -hmm. later? Mm
1: -hmm.
2: What if the movie was set later?
1: Well, just it
2: wouldn't it wouldn't have happened, right? Would it have been released by now?
1: Well, probably it might have they might have released it through Disney Plus. Well, actually, uh, let me take that back because not necessarily. I mean, we've seen all the delays they've had with Black Widow. Which yeah. was set to come out that summer. It would have
0: given him a lot more time to write a better script, you know. But uh...
1: Well, I, and that kind of brings me to the other thought that's running in my head, which is regarding, uh, and I don't know if you've seen it, Sex Snyder's Justice League, and how basically they took the time during the pandemic to, they already had agreed he was going to come back. They gave him $70 million. They reshot some stuff. They were able to go back and recut the whole thing to the way he wanted it done. I wonder if J.J. Abrams had had, basically, the this last year, to refine, reshoot, do more. If we had gotten a much different slash better movie,
2: probably. But we also would have been like crawling up the walls. Like, when's this <laughs> next movie gonna finally come out? Yeah, it's like <laughs> the
0: end of it's like at the end of uh, National Treasure two when they set up National Treasure three and we've never gotten it yet. For God's sake, uh, yet. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I think they still would have had the same problems. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I just, if, if they, it's like if they had the same people doing the right, I just think they would have had the same problems. Um,
1: yeah. I, and I think there's something too that. Just a lot of the, a lot of the choices that end up on the screen were made way before, you know, a, a moment of film got shot. So it and, is what it is.
0: And I honestly think unpopular opinion Um they should have done nothing with Princess Leia. They should have just killed her off-screen. I mean, sorry to be so blunt about it, and then just written a story, because they were they were forcing some things in there that just the more you watch it, it's like it's just it just doesn't really work. Um, however, still, best scene is still uh, um, Kylo Ren and Han Solo. That whole moment that was. Mm-hmm. That was on point. That was, that was really, really good. So, but kind of lazy writing as well. When you just take the same words from, Hey, I can do this, take the same words from the force awakens and just, you know, has a different meaning this time, but it's still, it's still a good moment. So,
1: But uh, but you know what the other good thing about that Solo moment was, it was a hundred percent unexpected. Yeah. You didn't, you weren't looking for it. It was a no trailer. You had no idea what was going to happen. And then it just, it's just there and it's happening you just kind of go with it, which in some ways I think all the uh, pre-production and all the script details and all the stuff leaking out it sometimes kind of rubs you that moment because it kind of allows you to prejudge things. Whereas kind of like what we always said, walking without expectations, you didn't expect that. You got it and then you're happy because you got one more moment with Han Solo, which was awesome. I also,
0: also say uh, another disappointing part, and this is, I'm sorry not to dwell on Rise of Skywalker, but like I said, I watched it on the plane. Um, when when Luke raises the X-Wing out of the water, it bothers me even more now. It bothers me that they play Yoda's theme. And I understand, okay, I'm playing this music so you're remembering back to, you know, Empire Strikes Back. Okay, I get that. So that, that makes sense within the whole, you know, operatic, you know universe that john williams was working but it would just have made m- far more sense to play the force theme to play the skywalker theme when he's lifting you know particularly because
1: that's his theme yeah right that's his music that's i uh, actually i forget who i saw um a few days ago so somebody recut that whole uh hallway scene with from mandalorian to the music that we got in one of the trailers for force awakens when the Force theme is just playing all triumphantly. Oh. It's awesome. I'll see if I can find the link. I'll send it to you, but but it's just it's the same moment just with that music. And okay, okay, like,
0: okay. However, if so, we were all. I mean, yeah, you see a green lightsaber, but we didn't so know it was Luke for sure until you know he too. takes off the hood. So if you play that music from the get go, you know, there's the, no doubt. The, the surprise is done.
1: So I thought
2: the I thought the surprise was over because you you see the black cloak, the green lightsaber, the X-wing. I mean it's over, you know.
0: But if you don't use that music then there's still the the it'll, it there would still leave a little bit of doubt in you. If it was if it was the Skywalker theme as well, then all, it just would have been all right. So it's Luke. All right, let's get let's get to where we get to see him. Um, I would have appreciated that level of clarity. <laughs> <laughs> Because
2: we've already discussed my feelings on all that, so.
0: But anyway, eh, so, um, yeah, so like I said, I was watching Rise of Skywalker, just had to lament over a couple things there. Um, so, all right, well, like I said, tons of things to talk about in Star Wars World, and I'm looking for one I don't see on our list, so I might add something here in a little bit. go ahead. Um, Feel free. But, so, this is all going to be all news, folks, and we're just going to ramble on about all these things. Um, So, Fredo, I'm going to toss it to you. What's up first?
1: Let's go go with kind of the the big news from yesterday first, which was, we got official confirmation of the cast and production for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, this is from StarWars.com, uh, the, so I can oh, I'll read you a little blurb, and then I'll give you the list of characters, although list of actors, although we only know a few of characters. So, uh, it's the, the Star Wars goes: the story begins ten years after the dramatic events of Revenge of the Sith, where Kenobi faced his greatest threat—defeat. Uh, I'm sorry, the downfall and corruption of his best friend and Jedi apprentice, Anakin Skywalker, turned evil Sith Lord Darth Vader. Obi-Wan Kenobi is directed by Deborah Chow and it marks the return of Ewan McGregor as the iconic Jedi Master as well as the return of Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader. Now, it doesn't say here, but I think it's been confirmed. I think I saw it on MTV. It's only a six-episode series. So I don't know how long those six episodes are, but it's six.
0: Also coming back is Uncle Owen and Aunt Peru.
1: That's what I was going to say. I'm sorry, I I
0: stole your thunder.
1: No, not at all. I mean, because you got Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christensen, Joel Edgerton, and Bonnie Pease, who are Uncle Owen and Abu But you also got uh, Kumail Nanjiani, Moses Ingram, Indira Varma, Rupert Friend, Sun Kang, O'Shea Jackson Jr., Simone Kessel, and Benny Safdie, and whatever roles they're going to play. Uh, they're expected to start production in April of this year, which uh, would, I would it's imagine that would mean... Well, yeah, but, But I would imagine that that would mean uh, not production, but shooting. I imagine we might see this a year from now, maybe summer next year. You know, depending on how quickly they film it, how long it takes for them to do the special effects. I imagine because they're only doing six episodes, they'll have a bit more budget per episode to spend on effects and whatnot.
0: I'll tell you what, diverse cast, that's for sure. Um, which is which is awesome, Um and I was really actually which, kind of excited that uh they got the same people though to play Uncle Owen and Aunt Peru from you know episode two and episode three. Not like I don't know if the two of them had really anything huge going on that they didn't want to say no to Star Wars, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: particularly Joel, Joel Edgerton has only gone on to star in like Academy Award movies and whatnot. I mean, both of them have both of them have done really good work, but it kind of uh, uh, but it kind of shows you. I mean, the power that Star Wars has. It's. Uh, we'll talk some casting later on down the road, in terms of news. But just the ability they have to just say, hey, you want to come back?" They're like, "Yes, totally." Have you guys
0: seen the uh, the YouTube series? You know how it should have ended. Um, yes. And it's like they did something with Episode One and Episode. Well, I think. Well, I think mainly Episode Two and Episode Three, which included Owen into the story more where he was a, um, a Republic, you know, soldier that Mm -hmm. um, uh, worked with, with Obi-Wan and it, it built up their um, built up their relationship. And then it, you know, goes South in um, in episode three. And so it, so it's, it's kind of making more sense as to why, you know, Owen is like, so down in the mouth about, you know, Ben Kenobi, Um, in episode four and I hope that that is explained somehow in in this series Um, because you know by by all accounts at the end of episode three it's like here's this kid hey thanks cool we'll watch after him I mean it seems like nobody's at each other's throat but by episode four it's like no you're not having anything to do with that so that's going to be kind of an interesting you know I don't know maybe Owen knows that Anakin is Darth Vader and Darth Vader
1: causes something
0: to happen. I don't know, but.
1: um, Well, no, it's interesting because you, from the way that Uncle Owen and Emperor discuss things after Luke leaves the table uh, in episode four, you're meant to imply that Owen knows much more. (laughs) Actually, that both of them know much more than they're letting on regarding Luke's parentage and all that that implies. It never goes anywhere because that's really the last time we saw them. Last time we see them is when they're making breakfast, and that's it. Next thing you know, they're dead. But that's kind of been left kind of as a dangling uh, storyline that we never got into. So I imagine we're going to get some of that down.
2: Yeah, that sounds fun. I'm all, I'm all for it. And Edgerton's a great get. Like
1: mm-hmm.
2: he, like you said, like Oscar guy, you know, like being – Big name. Uh, at this point, he doesn't have to do Star Wars. He had to want to do Star Wars, and, uh, mm-hmm. so that that encourages me that the the script might be good enough for to encourage his participation.
1: Yeah, he's going to get more than a couple of scenes in a couple of movies, yeah. which is good. So, uh, the other kind of big news that actually came out today was actually we got the full trailer for the Bad Batch, which. Debuts May May the Fourth, May
0: Fourth, and made things all that much more confusing.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes. You you thought,
0: you thought. I mean, like it's just after watching it, I'm like, okay, I really don't know what this is going to be about, and who's the little kid?
1: (laughs) Is that a clone? That looked like a little Boba clone or Tango clone. Clone?
0: I don't know.
1: we had different little, He had like blonde hair, but the face or expressions looked a lot like all the other uh, young trooper or young clones that we saw in in Clone Wars.
0: So I'm I'm thrown by this trailer because, again, because we see, first of all, we see the clones uh, taken on, we see the Bad Batch taken on battle droids. Mm -hmm. We kind of led to believe that all the droid armies are shut down, you know, post episode three. Um, but we see them taking. So again, I don't know if we're going to get some, you know, go back in time a bit. Um, it seems like Grand Moff Tarkin is hugely involved in this. Since It he looks was, like I mean, he's the
1: big villain in this. Or did I get that wrong?
0: It kind of seemed that way. Like, he's the, I don't know. He, you know, but I don't, but then again, I don't know if, if the clones are working for him and things go bad. I, you know, I don't know, but he seems like he's got a big, big role in this. Um, but yeah, and, and, but the little kid knows who the, like I said, they pick up some little kid and, but he, and he knows all about the, the bad batch, you know? So I don't know. It, like I said, it just left me all, all sorts of confused. Dave, what did, did, what did you watch it? What'd you think?
2: Yeah. Um, similar reaction. I thought the first trailer was, uh, it got me hyped. And excited, I, I didn't really think like, oh, we need more Clone Wars. Um, not that I hated Clone Wars, but I didn't know that we needed any more of that story. And then I saw the first trailer, and I was like, oh, okay, this looks great. Um, so this one was a little more confusing, as you said. Like, I'm, I'm having a hard time understanding exactly where they're going with it here. But to your target point, it's funny. I just finished reading Catalyst, which is the Rogue One tie-in novel, and uh, Targon was in there, and and that was fun to see him in uh, Krennic butting heads years before Rogue One came along, and uh, and Krennic even sort of got the better of him at one point, and uh, and that was a little surprising. So it's like kind of fun to think about Tarkin in the kind of like less imposing stage of his career. Um, going toe-to-toe with these individuals and it's like what will he make mistakes is he more gettable or more beatable Um, you know those kinds of things
0: well yeah I guess you know my my thing with this it seems like, like I agree with you the first trailer made me go oh this looks so cool and what they should have done is probably had another trailer that was like oh this looks so cool you know and not try to I, I, it was like they're trying to explain a storyline that nobody is ready for or has any context to understand you know it's and so it's like they should have just you know had another here's a lot of cool star wars stuff and it starts you know on this date um and you can have maybe tarkin talk a little bit but i i don't know it's you know i'm sitting there going okay well then how does fennec shand fit into all this it's it's neat it's like wow that's ming Win's voice cool uh, but but, I, but but what? I don't I don't understand where we're going here. Um so
1: I guess my question becomes, is this going to be a story of what happens, I mean, through the Bad patch kind of what happened to the clones after Clone Wars? Or is this gonna be specific about I mean the, the good thing is we have not seen this time here whatsoever. So they can tell whatever story they want to tell as the Empire rises to prominence and takes over. Um, you know, how that played out, you know, it'd be interesting to see if at some point we get to meet some of those uh, uh, under- underground or underworld characters that we ran into via Clone Wars, whether it's somebody like Cat Bane or somebody like uh, Dryden Vos, see how they managed to survive through the fall of the Republic. But at the same time, I don't know if that's really going to be their uh, point of view or if it's just simply we're gonna be following the bad patch so it's interesting. I'll I guess,
0: watch it, but and, I, and maybe I shouldn't just do it. I mean, it's for it's for a flipping cartoon, right? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. so it's like maybe let's not get too hot under the collar, Aaron. But you know, it was like mm. trailers. You know, if you even think about just like the Phantom Menace trailer, it was like he, you know, they're talk you can they're talking about Anakin. Sh- they show a picture of Anakin and so he can see things before they happen. You know, or you're talking about the one who brings balance to the force. It kind of leads you on the outline of what this, you know, story is going to be about, you know, while showing cool visuals. You know, and I didn't get that here. I don't know. It was like, I don't know. I mean, I, maybe I got to watch it about a few more times. And maybe there's somebody more nerdy out there than me that, you know, is really geeked out over what we just saw today. But I was, like, left with going all right. you know I'll watch it but it doesn't make me I was more excited after seeing the first one than I was this one so
1: yeah uh, it's yeah no it's it's gotta be interesting to see uh, I mean it's this I imagine Dave is producing but I don't think he's the lead writer uh, person on it is he hold on I'll I can look that up <laughs> well while you're doing that I'm
0: going to uh I'm gonna deviate because this and this goes into um, rumor mill because this is the one that I was uh, thinking of Yeah, um, Go ahead. but uh, the uh, website uh, we got this covered and who knows how you mm. know I mean I'm just saying that's where I the first click that I had on this but the the rumor is that Brie Larson will be playing a Jedi more powerful than Vader in a new Star Wars show mm. um, says the uh, could that um, be the acolyte? Well, it says the 31-year-old has already been linked to a multitude of projects, including the mystery film yeah. and the works from the, her Marvel Studios boss, Kevin Feige, uh, while there's also near constant talk that she's high on disney list candidates when it comes to casting the next, next major female lead for a galaxy far, far away. Um, but uh, it's the rumor that, like I said, she'll play a Jedi that's uh, more powerful than Darth Vader and Rey combined. Mm. Um, so you know it's like who who knows the validity of this of this story but um you know i would i would be on board with that i would i it's, would totally be on board with that
1: yeah it's put it this way it's an interesting and let me, let me just back up just a second you know if we got
0: kevin feige in this conversation kevin feige's also been linked to star wars junk as well right
1: Oh, big time, big so, time. We're I mean, about to get it, into that.
0: Yeah. So, so it may not, you know, so it may be, you know, the same thing. Um, just people are interpreting one as Marvel and the other one as not. Maybe it, it's both Star Wars. So um, but anyway, I don't know. What, what would you guys think of Brie Larson as a Jedi more powerful than Vader and Ray combined?
2: I wouldn't reject
0: it out of
2: hand and I wouldn't like sign up immediately either. I'd have to see, I'd have to know more about the project and, you know, the story and everything else. You know, what's funny about that is it, to me, it sounds like clickbait, but like to get the angry people, uh, (laughs) the Brie haters to like click on the article, you know, instead of bashing Brie, we're going to praise Brie, you know, and get you fired up in that way. You know, it's like, so much of uh, our um, news headlines and uh, has been just like dominated by politics. Right. And, and he who shall not be named at this point. Um, And so anything having to do with him, positive or negative would just suck all the oxygen out of the room and everybody would click on it. Right. And like Brie Larson is kind of one of those figures. I don't, think she deserves the vitriol that she gets at all. Um I think that she's a great actress and I think like she's entertaining to watch. And I think like most of her opinions have validity. Um it's just for whatever reason she's become one of these lightning rod figures. And mm-hmm. so like when you know Aaron, you always talk about grain of salt. That's anytime anything with brie Larson attached to it comes out, I'm like, okay giant grain of salt to this because you're 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 trolling for clicks
0: go ahead fredo
1: no no i was just going to say and, and partially in some way kind of playing off of that i you know the idea of a jedi more powerful than vader ray combined, combined sounds, honestly that's not what's interesting to me because what's in you know, in a weird nerd kind of way, geek kind of way, we tend to worry about power levels. Like this is Dragon Ball Z. The reality <laughs> is, when you first watch Star Wars, you didn't know oh, they're who's more powerful than another, and uh, what's the old lady is or, idiots or joke? It's as powerful as a small pony. Oh, that's very powerful. It's very powerful. It's like you don't know. I mean, the power level is not really what matters. It's the quality of the character. It's the story that they're set in. Is the journey that they go on, the adversary that they face, all the obstacles they overcome that's where the meat and potatoes of things are, you know, Luke is a very powerful Jedi but you latch on to him because the story that he goes through is one that you want to follow if if Luke had been ten times more powerful but he had never left Tatooine eh, maybe, you know, maybe it would be like, okay, you know, it's not that big a deal you know. so sometimes we as fans and, you know People in general, you know, nerd culture tend to focus so much on the nuance and the difference of, oh, who was so powerful, Obi-Wan versus Qui-Gon versus Maul versus whatever. And reality is that's all secondary, tertiary, you know, it's irrelevant. If the story's good, you'll watch it. If the story's bad, she could be the greatest Jedi ever and not going to matter.
2: You know, people talk about that too, like all the time when I talk about like these duels. Like, who's more powerful? Who's more powerful? You know, it's like a lot of people are convinced that Mace Windu is, like, way more powerful than anyone else because he bested Palpatine in that one fight on screen, right? right? Um, And then there are the arguments like, will Palpatine let him win. And and then you just go down and down and down the list, you know? Like, would Obi-Wan have defeated Anakin if Anakin's emotions hadn't been in the state that they had been. Would he have defeated him if they were not on a volcanic planet? You know, like there are all these sorts of um, factors that go above and beyond just who's more powerful, right? You know, and so I think like that's just such a um, kind of, uh, like I'm trying to figure out like the word I'm looking for with that reductive argument You know, uh, it's like we don't need to take it down to such a basic, simple level. The
1: the funny thing is it becomes very similar uh, to sports debates about best quarterback of all time or greatest pitcher of all time or greatest team or whatever. And yet, like, you know, when some people say, oh, the only thing that matters is championships. or you know, it's like there's the stats or whatever. And it's like, yeah, I mean, those arguments can be fun if you're with the right person to engage them into. But a lot of times it can just, just be like – because, you know, it's, it's not about changing minds. It's about getting people to agree or hear that your side is the right one. And at some point you're like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, you know, Drew Brees was the greatest Saints quarterback I've seen in my lifetime. Probably will be the same greatest Saints quarterback I've seen in my lifetime. I'm glad for what happened, you know, the Super Bowls and the wins and the whatever, you know, everything that we got. And now he's gone. And now we got to find somebody new. That's, that's the reality of life. So – I'm not gonna get too stressed about. Uh, oh, is he better than Tom Brady or is he better than Aaron Rodgers? Because that's that's fanboyism in a certain way, but it's it's reductive and it gets really it's impossible to find common ground at the end.
0: So another thing that's uh, not to, to quick change subjects or anything, but another thing um, Brittany and I were talking about before I came over here to record. Um, Daniel Jose Older, um, I can't remember on which social media platform it was, but he was talking about how Lucasfilm is giving them um, uh, unused concept art for use in the comic books that they're creating. So, "Hey, here's these, you know, these mm-hmm. images. You want to use them? So that's kind of. I mean, that, that's kind of cool that uh, you know that that's going on. Um, so I don't know. There's not really much discussion there. I just thought it was kind of an interesting tidbit of what's what's happening." well uh okay i was just gonna say it calls to mind the Macquarie
2: sketches resurfacing for rebels yeah you know like there, there's some great pieces of art associated with this franchise and not all of them have been used so i appreciate that they go back to that and draw from it
0: mm-hmm. oh by the way tangent back to the thing i was talking about rise of skywalker I still hate the ending where you see Star Destroyers coming down all over the place next to Bespin and Endor and everything. It's like, bleh. Sorry. Okay, I digress. Fredo? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, talking about Endor, I'll, I'll move right quickly to say, uh, if you want to see more of Endor, uh, this Friday is your day.
0: Oh, is, this one, uh, is this going to be Nostalgia Day?
1: It's going to be Nostalgia Day. This Disney Plus is getting... Well, first of all, they're getting a ton of new material. But amongst that, you're getting Battle for Endor, Caravan of Courage, both seasons of Ewoks, the Star Wars, the Clone Wars, the micro series from Genndy Tartakovsky. Uh, And most surprisingly of all, you're getting the story of the faithful Wookiee, a.k.a. the animated section from the Star Wars Holiday Special.
0: A.k.a. the introduction of Boba Fett.
1: The only thing you're not getting apparently in this, uh, you know, in this, uh, massive dump of old star stuff is the old droid series. Everything else, everything else seems like it's coming on and the rest of the holiday special, which I think they can't for for the safety of everybody involved.
0: Yeah. Brittany was talking about how they had, um, they, they watched the battle for Endor, the Ewoks movies, like, you know, over and over and over again, they had it on VHS, I think. And, um, <laughs> So that that'll be interesting. That's actually the first place we see the blurgs, those things that uh, you know Quill is writing in. uh, Um, uh, Mandalorian. Mandalorian. So, yeah, I mean, uh, but fair fair warning to everybody: just because the Star Wars stuff is getting you know added to Disney Plus doesn't mean that it's high quality Star Wars stuff.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you got to remember this is all. I mean, a good bunch of it. I'll I'll stick up for the the micro series clone wars because that's awesome Again, i'm actually uh, looking forward it. to
0: that because i never saw that i never saw uh, that, you'll, so I'm you'll really play looking
1: it forward there. To that. You, you'll burn through it all come saturday or friday or saturday you know trust me it's that good uh plus Gandhi tartakovsky uh if you ever saw texas laboratory or samurai jack amazing but no but yeah the majority of the stuff is made post return of the jedi on a tv budget and it's amazing what they do with it but let's also be kind it's
0: it's very much
1: kids based and and the
0: ewoks cartoons that was saturday morning cartoons you know just remember we had saturday morning cartoons for pac-man and um you know rambo we had we had had had
1: an 80s cartoon for rambo well and you had
0: you had uh scooby-doo running around with batman you know so it's um you know like i said it's Your the nostalgia will be, you know, the member berries will be going nuts. You know, Uh, you've seen that South Park episode with the member Mm -hmm. berries, member Ewoks, member Endor. (laughs) I mean, so, so yeah, I'm I'm just saying, but if you've never seen this stuff before, don't, you know, don't expect to be like, you know, yay, new Star Wars stuff. You'll probably look at it and go, what the heck? Mm -hmm. But if it was something you grew up on, you know, you're probably going to be over the moon. So
2: the ewok movies for me were like a fever dream (laughs) because i was like i think i saw them once when they originally aired and then like you know five ten years later it's like did i imagine that (laughs) was that (laughs) was any of that real and like you know people would confirm for you it's like oh yeah no i remember those movies Mm -hmm. but they were kind of like You know, buried under a pile of dirt for years and years and years. I know you can buy them on DVD, but um, very hard to kind of acquire because they're not, you know, completely sanctioned at this point. I guess they sort of are. I don't know if they're canon. We have to look up if they're canon or not at this.
1: Well, the blokes are canon. Yeah. So Um, it's so yeah, it's interesting.
2: The whole the whole thing is yeah that. Again, I, I agree with Aaron. Don't set your expectations too high, but, you know, it's kind of a fun thing, especially from a historical perspective, because these were in the movies that um, George used as kind of a test case to make Willow. Right. And a lot of people really love Willow and yeah. and remember that one fondly. And so, like, these are the, sort of the groundwork for, and- for that
0: you can you can thank God above that you get to see the Boba Fett cartoon without having to sit through the rest of the holiday special, because um, that is all kinds of awful. It really is. There's just you, oh. you, you can't put enough lipstick on that pig. I mean, it's just all kinds of bad. So.
1: Did, did you see like somebody took the Obi Wan Kenobi cast picture at Star Wars release and they put Lumpy in there? Oh, did they really? <laughs> yeah, somebody photoshopped like Lumpy and B Arthur in her. Uh, star wars special music like music
0: special. by steph jefferson starship
1: that's uh that's right so it was hilarious it's like oh yeah it's all stuff because again uh, now and in some ways this is where us sitting here can't believe kind of the where we're sitting in regards to star wars because for the longest time it's very much uh look it's bare bones it's whatever we can scrunch up It's okay. George is letting us do this because he wants to test technology, but it really wasn't something at the forefront or having the financial muscle of an empire like this.
0: But you know, and again, I don't want to. I don't want to be dismissive of any of this because you know a lot of. I mean, a lot. There's a lot of things in this world that I love. Ed, that is just absolute garbage but it reminds me of sitting with my brother watching this or you know sitting with my sister or you know or it might be you showed your son or daughter this thing. you know it's uh, you know because it's so it's it's not you know it might be the worst pizza in the world but it's the moment that it was wrapped up in you know so um so yeah so don't so don't come come too hard after the ewok movies you know it's uh you know
1: yeah just just know that if you try to show this to your kids and within ten minutes, they want to get up and do anything else. Look, you give it a good shot. Just let them go. Just let them go. My go.
2: kids are excited. They're like, "We get to watch the Ewok movies," and I'm like, "Okay." All right, you, know? you need to
0: you need to, you need to have a microphone running and record their reactions so that when we get five minutes and they go, "What the hell is this crap?" Oh man! Can we play Switch, Dad? oh
2: yeah i'm waiting for that you know so uh, i mean
0: i'll never forget sorry this is like my my brother lives in in dc you know he's been on the show and every time he goes back to nebraska and there is this place in lincoln nebraska it's called topper popper and it is it is the same rundown shack that it was you know 40 years ago i mean it's just this that's it's literally this shack that has some of the best popcorn and you can also get um pepsi and mountain dew snowballs now new orleans people this is not the same type of snowball it's just it's a mountain dew slushy right or it's a pepsi slushy so when my brother comes back it's like he's going to going to the topper popper like you know every day you know and he's getting a pepsi snowball or he's getting some popcorn whatever and he was there he was visiting uh nebraska and he had his um son his daughter daughter was just a baby and and but john was was old enough and it was like their um Second to last day, and Brian had to go run some errands. And he says, Uh, he goes, John, come on, we got to go run some errands. And John, his son, says, But daddy, I don't want to go to the Topper Popper. <laughs> it just broke his dad's heart. So there's Dave, Nate's gonna go, But dad, I don't like the Ewoks. <laughs> so be prepared to have your heart ripped out when one of them says, I'm out. <laughs>
2: I think Love will dig it because like uh, her favorite movies return of the Jedi and partially because of the Ewoks. She loves the Ewoks. So I think she's all in at this point. We're going to, we're going to sit down and we're going to watch these movies and we're going to enjoy it. Darn it.
0: I, I still, you know still one of my favorite moments is that I split, I shared a beer with uh, low gray in Omaha, Nebraska. So I can always write that on my resume. All right, but yeah, so a lot of cool stuff coming to D- Disney Plus. Um, so
1: yeah, within the next few weeks. By the way, just before I move on, uh, so Dave Filoni is executive producing Bad Batch, but it's being written. So far, the only writing credit they have is for Jennifer Corbett, who was one of the writers in Resistance and a few other things. So, uh, but by the way, they do have in the cast and IMDb. So you have the D- Bradley Baker and Migna Wen and uh, steven Sten, who does the voice of admiral tarkin they also have andrew Kashino, who's the voice of saw guerrera so apparently saw Guerrero is going to be in the bad batch but but uh, you heard it here okay. first folks okay
0: the so the original saw because in rebels they actually went and got uh, uh yeah Force whitaker. whitaker
1: yeah uh, yeah well, well i mean i think in part because that was easier at that moment because he was doing rogue one i think it did the thing's kind of lined up for a bit. So. I, I, I have a feeling
0: when you sign a contract for a star Wars movie that there's like the Apple terms of service, you know, where it's like, yeah, we can, we're going to ask you to do a couple other things and, you know, thou shalt do it. Um, which, Hey, well, whatever.
1: Speaking of, okay. So I'll move. Okay. I'll skip one and I'll move to some of the, uh, rumored, the. Uh, links because you just that's a that's a perfect say would to start discussing casting and and rumored casting so one from today uh apparently there was a rumor actually there was a rumor for last week or so uh daisy ridley has been doing the interview rounds promoting her uh, new movie uh chaos walking with uh, tom Holland. so somewhere in there it got brought up to her that she's been rumored to play uh spider woman in the mcu i heard i heard batwoman or Batgirl. Well,
0: that's MC. Well, that's DC. DC, sorry. Well, man, so, boy, well, check in my nerd card. Okay, but like I said, I totally saw Batgirl. Okay.
1: She's been linked to Batgirl, but now she's also being linked to the Spider-Woman rumors. And she actually discussed it So uh, regarding like how it sounded great. And uh, she was joking about it. And then all of a sudden, the next round of stories that came out was like, oh, she's the front runner for this thing. So she, uh, doing an interview with Comic Book movie, she goes, it's funny because somebody asked me off the cuff about the rumors, and I went, that sounds great. So apparently now I've declared myself a front runner for this role, which isn't true. It's funny because I don't really choose things. You know, I didn't set out to do another big film. I read the script, I loved it, and I loved the idea. But at the same time, she goes, should something come along and be great? Of course I'd be open to anything. I just finished watching WandaVision, What they did with it is so amazing and different and interesting. To be particularly in that world, which is ever shifting and reimagining itself, would be very exciting. So I think on the one hand, it's interesting that she's getting linked with another big Disney property, and which involves signing a big contract for multiple movies, multiple appearances, the voice in the in the video game, the voice in the comic book series and the animated series. Yeah, you know, so she's open to it. It'd be interesting to see if anything comes out of that.
2: I would watch it, you know, and Mm -hmm. and again, it's similar to the uh, Brie Larson's thing, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, I enjoy watching her on screen, she's great. Um, okay, crossovers, why not? um
1: <laughs> but by the way you know then the next couple of ones are going to feel kind of like okay is basically everybody in the mcu getting cast in star wars now and vice versa it's very incestuous relationship to you, it know, to feel
2: you it. know what it makes me think of too is the star wars filibuster
0: yes mm-hmm. yes, yeah.
2: <laughs> from
0: from parks and rec
2: yeah, yes, with, you know, with Thanos well, and Star Wars crossing over one another. Well, also,
0: it also seems like yeah, literally playing with your toys. Where it'd be like yeah. you know, and here comes Luke and Han, and in comes Iron Man, and then Captain Marvel swoops in, and oh no, here's Bigfoot and Godzilla's coming into you know, it's just literally playing with all your toys. Um, but yeah, it seems like okay. So, sorry.
2: Doesn't that make sense though, if you think about it? Because we've talked about how the filmmakers now are from our generation, and they're the ones who get to play with their toys now but on you know,
0: camera. You know what movie kinda, kind of, kind uh, of, the movie that kind of, uh, I guess, satisfied that desire a little bit was Ready Player One.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, oh,
0: where, yeah. yeah, that was, I, if I, that kind of, yeah, okay, here we can have the nonsense of, you know, all these things being in the same universe. Um, but yeah, anyway.
2: That movie was better than i expected.
0: I
1: agree. Yeah. I agree.
0: Yeah. I I actually funny, sorry we we we've got on a huge tangent here, but I've heard from people that I've heard from one person that the book was garbage and the movie was great and I've heard from another person that the book was great and the movie was garbage. So, it's like it all depends on But yeah, I I I'd never read the book. I dug the movie. So
1: I wonder if it's one of those where depending on which which one you see first if if you know because the differences are so vast that you know they don't translate one to the other and therefore people well, are not both, both these happy.
0: guys had read the book before the movie came out so okay um, oh, it, i think it's yeah but
1: uh well speaking about further incestuous relationship between marvel and star wars somebody out, uh the sebastian stan was doing good morning uh. america he's been interviewed about um falcon and winter soldier which i'm sure you're watching aaron yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Basically. Oh, love it. So far, so good. Uh, same for you, Dave, I'm guessing. I, I, I'm i liking the fact that there's not too many, uh, sidebar, I'm liking that there's not too many sp- uh, spoilers for it yet. Like it hasn't reached one division levels uh, by episode four where you had to stay off Twitter before you saw that's, it. That's true. Uh, but anyway, they asked him about the rumor about him playing Luke Skywalker. And he goes, his quote was, if Mark Hamill calls me personally to tell me that he feels inclined to share this role with me, then I'll believe it. Saying basically, I've not been approached by it. Nobody's mentioned anything to me. I'm not going to believe it. To which to me, kind of, the, kind of the point to me more goes line of, could we see more Luke Skywalker at this point?
0: Well, the only thing that you would have would be the Luke Skywalker Grogu story. And, but I'm wondering, why do people have... Uh, I'm going to pause myself because I about said something that Dave would have to McClunky out. Why are people so fired up about Sebastian Stan being Luke Skywalker? And I think it, go, it goes back to that somebody just played around with some Photoshop and showed how he could look. And it's just like, come on. I mean, and I like Sebastian Stan. He's great as Bucky, but you know, it's like... Uh, yeah. I, don't know.
2: I used to just like i don't know like 10 years ago 15 years ago with fan casting stuff you could just kind of like roll your eyes at it and laugh at it and move on right
0: and then and then Rosario Dawson comes along and becomes Ahsoka. yeah <laughs> well kind of
2: right um, and and again that that was a chicken and the egg situation because i think a lot of those rumors about her or the 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 groundswell of support for her in that role came about right around the time they were hiring her for that role. When you look back at the timeline and it's like, okay, did her people leak that did Disney leak that Uh, just to try to get a sense of whether people would embrace it or not. And so like when you see the fans like going nuts over, you know, a casting theory like this, I don't just dismiss it out of hand anymore, and like I could, I could see them going this direction.
1: Do you think, Dave, that it'd be something where they want to know that if they go along with it, that there'd be a an appreciation, a market, so to speak, you know, that the audience wouldn't recall in horror, that they'd be open to it before they say, okay, we know the fans are behind it, we know that whatever we put out, if it's a Luke Skywalker and Grogu movie, or if it's a Jedi Academy series, or if it's the eventual ben solo burns everything to ash kind of moment uh, that they're gonna know that they're gonna get people interested in it and happy to see it as opposed to why why the heck are you giving me this when i never asked this
0: by, really, by the actually. way i'm sorry real quick because you mm-hmm. old man's gonna forget by the time you get to the end of your sentence mm-hmm. um another rumor what has um the kid from stranger things playing a young ben solo uh, the, Finn Wolfard.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, can see it.
0: That'd be kind of cool. But here's the thing is that, again, I, I really, every, everybody needs to learn that there's other ways to get a story than through visual media. And so instead of spending, I think, Lucasfilm, instead of spending all your time on fan casting or anything like this, write a book. Kids need to read more. You know, yeah. make, make a new books. comic book series. You know, there's tons of ways you can do this because I I think if you recast Luke Skywalker that you would have, I mean, you would have Star Wars Civil War and I would probably be on the side with the, you know, torches and pitchforks, you know, because I, I, you know, it's, and again, I've said it before at the Han Solo one for the Solo movie. That's different because that's before we get to the Harrison Ford uh, that we know. So if but if it's after and you recast that, just make it into a comic book or make it into a book. You can tell you can tell that story just as just it probably you could tell that story better, you know. So um,
2: counterpoint. Go they it. have to feed the beast, right? They have Disney Plus, they've gotta yeah. push subscriptions, they sure, gotta get But they, they got a
0: gazillion contract. things coming though. They got a gazillion things coming.
2: I know, but They've got to have that churn, right? And because they move so slow, people... too,
0: because how long have we been talking about Andor and Kenobi? I mean, p- put pandemic aside, you know, we still it's like we've been talking about those for seems like, you know, since Disney Plus started. Um, so, I mean, they, they need to maybe, I don't know, they're just.
2: Well, think about where we are right now, right? Um, versus where we were like a year ago. Like, the end of season one of Mandalorian, the only thing they had at that point to point to was pretty much Clone Wars. Season um, two. Yeah. And there wasn't a lot of other, like, geek material, right, um, for our demographic. And so, like, they probably lost a lot of subscribers for, you know, five, six months. And then Mandalorian season two rolls around and people are like, oh, I can't wait until the end of the season because everyone's spoiling everything. And so they sign back up, right? And this is, again, the genius of releasing things an episode at a time so you get the discussion going. Um, They have to feed that animal constantly. And so, like, thinking about it in those terms, um, what is one of the characters that would get the people, like, fired up about, I have to watch that. I have to be subscribed to their service to watch that. And and Luke Skywalker is one of them. And so, like, I think, like, whether the rumors have any validity or not, I think they're going to always be there. Because the fan speculation, we understand, like, this is one of those characters that they could draw from that would... Drive subscribers for them.
0: I will tell you right now that um, if ha, if I had to choose between a new Luke Skywalker story or a story that has Brie Larson as a more powerful Jedi than Vader and Rey, I'm all in on the uh, Brie Larson episode and not the Luke Skywalker stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. And I, think, and I think that's part of, I mean, I agree with you, Dave, 100%, because, I mean, and you look at it from the standpoint of not just Disney, but mm-hmm. all these other production studios and companies, they're having to churn material. Why do we just get the Snyder Cut of Justice League when they have spent a, over, almost three years telling us it didn't exist because they needed material for HBO Max? Why are we getting Kong versus Godzilla out tomorrow? Because HBO Max needs new material, so they're feeding that. It's the same thing happened with Disney Plus. We're getting One Division, which is going to roll into Falcon and Winter Soldier, which is going to roll into Bad Batch and into Loki and into Book of Boba Fett. They're having to always crank up the thing in order to keep people kind of locked into that subscription.
0: Real quick, Dave, have you seen the Snyder Cut yet?
1: Yes, I did.
0: All right, so then I can say this real quick. All right, Go. but these streaming services need to be careful that I mean, there's a difference between putting out you know good content and just putting out garbage to fill up your you know queue, and that's what they did with HBO Max with the Snyder Cut. In my opinion, they just put up they, they paid Zack Snyder to make garbage. I didn't <laughs> it's like, it didn't do anything for me. That'll be a whole nother episode. We'll no, no, and that's what I, I that's what that, I don't that's what I don't that. That. I don't. I don't want Star Wars to become that thing where it's just like, Mm -hmm. okay, you know, and that's, you know, we're just going to, you know, all right, here's, here's a story my kids were making with their action figures. And we're just going to make that into a movie and here we'll do this series that and here, let's just recast this and just doing like everything just, you know, just kind of flailing in the wind instead of, I would much rather, if I, I would much rather have like, you know, if I got a series, you know, every you know year and a half or so and Mm -hmm. i don't need a gazillion things of star wars to get my star wars fix so
1: um like kind of what we're saying i mean shoot we have the comic books there's the high republic book line there's all the other books that come out there's video games there's all this material that's always available to you. So if you want to experience yeah. Star Wars,
0: remember you, don't you have, have to be, be play, waiting for. You had to play Fortnite to understand what the hell was going on with Rise of Skywalker. So <laughs> sorry, Dave, you were yeah. saying something about the Snyder cut uh, there a second ago and I stepped on you.
2: Oh, no, like they said, uh, but maybe we should just save all that.
0: Yeah. We will oh, save. yeah. No, it's a
1: complicated I, subject. I, I, I,
0: Can't... Gave you, I gave you a glimpse into my overall thoughts on it. So.
1: Kids, that's called a teaser. Tune yeah. in next week. <laughs> so uh, actually, we'll go from somebody who said yes to somebody who said no then, Aaron. Uh, somebody who's actually more on your side regarding being a grown-up about these things. Uh, they asked Benedict Cumberbatch about possibly playing throng. This was his answer. Quote, that's a straight no from me. Wow. Right now, it says, <laughs> no, it says, that's a straight no from me right now. And it says seriously i have precious time with my children i and i think sitting in a makeup chair and being painted blue and the amount of time of it 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 would take to do that and then take it off at the end of the day might just it's just not the right time in my life for that you know it's interesting
0: he uh, he knows a lot about thron though so he's Mm -hmm. obviously a fan but yeah wow and he's been
1: asked
2: (laughs) i love aaron i love how you just take it the opposite direction He's like, it's a straight no, and you're like, well, he does know a lot about draw <laughs> from what he's saying.
1: <laughs> but but it's, yeah, I mean, realistically, you don't think about it. I mean, the, the commitment that you have to make when you get casting one of these roles, big roles, it's you know, particularly if you're doing a lot of prosthetics or if you're doing. I mean, I can't imagine that yeah, blue makeup, but still,
0: but I'm going to, okay. So I'm going to be, you know, the conspiracy theorist here. I mean, if you want to throw people totally off your scent, that's the answer you give that if you're, you know, if you, if you want, if Disney wants you to, you know, maintain this secret, you just say, that sounds awful. I want to spend time with my kids and Disney would be taking time away from my kids. If I had to sit in a makeup chair. And that's going to make everybody go, all right, he's not playing Thrawn. So I will put $5 down right now that he probably plays Thrawn. <laughs> I mean, that oh. that's the way you throw people off your scent. You don't, you don't, you don't like give a wink and a nod and a, well, I don't know. You say, that sounds awful.
2: I had a similar reaction to Sebastian's stamp. Where yeah. It's like he denied it. Oh, like, I would need an invite from Mark Hamill or whatever. See, that's a, that's, gotta,
0: a wink, like, that's a wink and a nod. That's an I want to, but nobody's asking me. You know what right. I mean? That's I don't know. I, the, that,
2: that, that to me sounds like, so, oh, I, so, I got the invite, but I can't reveal that yet.
1: So just right quick, I'll actually juxtapose that with another rumor. Uh, you remember a few weeks back, a few months back, uh, Aladdin star Minna had been rumored to be playing Ezra Bridger. He put up a tweet of himself without a shirt on because, hey, look, if you look good, you know, show it for the gram. His quote, you know, the, the caption though was hey, just so you know, when I escape, I won't hurt any of you. Which is, quote unquote, a line from Ezra. Now, you got a on one-hand Benedict Cumberbatch going. Absolutely not. When did when did, end, when
0: did Ezra say that? Just
1: that's the episode. I'm trying to It's uh, season two, episode nine, Stealth Strike. That's uh, when uh, you know one of the episodes when uh, he's uh, dressed up as an Imperial. Uh, okay. Hmm. So I know when he tells the, the Imperials, you know, when I escape, I won't hurt any of you. That kind of thing. So it's hilarious that on one hand you have one actor who clearly wants the part you know, putting himself out there as as a potential. And we're like, nah, no way. And then meanwhile, you yeah, have Benedict Cumberbatch going like, nope, absolutely not. It's going to suck. It's going to be take too much time. I got my kids. And we're thinking, that's what you say if you want the role.
0: I'm trying to think, but there, there's an example of this, wasn't there? Where, I mean... It, uh, I, I'm going to have to I'll come back to it later but there, there's an example of this where it was like totally no came for
2: the job and then they didn't
1: get it and or- then
0: there they are in the well I think part of it is almost
1: uh- the the most famous example I can think of to help you out Iron was you remember when Sean Young showed up to the Tonight Show dressed as Catwoman
2: Baby Catwoman yeah, yeah.
1: Up, but vamping it up kind of like the Eartha Kitt 1960s bad woman because she wanted the role but it went to Michelle Pfeiffer because Tim Burton didn't want to do the 1960s campy woman, he wanted to do something different, and so that's what we got. And as
2: we all know, Michelle Pfeiffer's whip skills are second to none. If you've all seen that video of her mm-hmm. cracking that whip and knocking those mannequins' heads off in one take, she's uh, she was incredible in that role. But, yep. Uh, Uh, You know, you got me thinking though, like Benedict Cumberbatch. You know, it's like okay, so like, uh, okay, you're casting the a type, whatever, whatever, whatever. But now I'm thinking about it. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about him as Thrawn. That's that's a good thought.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna say that. Oh no, I mean, when you you know, when you think about his Sherlock Holmes, yeah, very much the clinical, analytical, unemotional you know, master detective kind of role, the way he played it. You can almost see elements of that in Thrawn, who yeah. is very clinical, very analytical. He's not, you know, governed by passion. He's trying to be dispassionate. And the only difference between somebody like Sherlock Holmes and Thrawn is that Thrawn reaches the point where he goes, Well, the solutions solution is just to bomb him out of existence. So I'm just gonna bomb him out of existence.
2: He, would crush. he would crush that role.
0: Well, OK, so I think the thing that's stuck in my head is let's remember that, you know, Jon Favreau said, you know, no, the Mandalorian has nothing to do with Boba Fett.
1: You How know, I mean, misdirection?
0: so, well, I, I, I'm saying that if you want people to go get off your case, you just give them a flat out, you know, nope. Mm-hmm. You know, and then all of a sudden, but you, then Boba Fett shows up and you're like, but, but, but you said it's like, yeah, I lied to you you know i you know what i mean it's uh, you know it's so i i think i like I, said, I, I would put five bucks down on him playing Thrawn because that, i mean i'm more suspicious of a hard no than i am you know the the wink and the nod mm-hmm.
1: but, anyway. yeah, but it's a, no no it's interesting because again in all these casting rumors and whatnot there's clearly an appetite for it there's an interest for it but just also there's I like they like, uh, was saying just the feeding of the machine it's you know not just so oh we're gonna announce the cast and we go I mean shoot a few weeks back on well, episode 69 we mentioned something regarding the interior of armor rumors and some of the characters that they were looking to cast and you know now here we are and they're announcing and promoting so and no, you gotta you gotta give something to Disney about how good they are at promoting without actually look, making it look like it's promotion anyway i like how how
0: fredo had to say in episode 69 (laughs) nice not the last episode but
1: yeah well you know you know we're trying to be specific (laughs) nice exactly i can Uh, i can make
0: i can make neither heads nor tails of that but anyway
1: Okay, moving right along, <laughs> moving right along. Before, before, we, before we drive this sucker deeper into the ditch, uh, don't uh There was a story a few weeks back. Actually, the National Film and Sci-Fi Museum put out uh, an alert asking people to help them preserve Bosk. Why,
0: why, why are we saving? Why are we saving Bosk?
1: Well, apparently they're looking for somebody to help them restore. They own most of the original parts of the Bounty Hub boss. It's Bounty, uh, costume from Empire. So they own the head, mask, the arms, feet, as well as the gun, all screen used. What they don't own is the jumpsuit and the life vest. So they're looking to see if they could have somebody who could replicate the material outfit. I, I got
0: a guy you know, in like, Omaha who did that already. My friend Colin, he he's he's got a boss. Get up.
1: So they're looking to preserve the outfit worn by Alan Harris in Empire Strikes Back, you know, and so uh so they had to put out a basically a Facebook alert just basically asking people to uh, please private message them if they can help and showing uh the you know the actor Alan Harris wearing the costume and behind the scenes shots and kind of what they're preserving. That's kind of the difficulty is there's a lot of, a lot of the stuff wasn't made, was made in 1978, 1979. I don't think they've meant for it to last 40 some odd years.
0: Yeah. I mean, a lot, you know, a lot of that stuff also just get, like I said, costume wise just gets reused over and over again. So, um, Did you guys know that they found the model uh, for the second Death Star in a like a junkyard in Missouri? Yep. (laughs) You know, it's
1: like uh, again, they weren't thinking at the moment. They just thought, ah, okay, we're done. What do we what do we do with this? It's too heavy. It's almost kind of like before the show. uh, Dave's beautiful wife was telling us the story of their neighbor moving a couch out and their truck couldn't fit it. So they just left it. So sometimes <laughs> yeah. it's like, okay, what are we going to do? This set of the well, second death star forever.
0: Back with it. Forever. If you went to Tunisia, you would find, you know, parts of the crate dragon, you know, the, the tether ring for the, for a bantha. I mean, you could find all sorts of star Wars stuff. They just left mm-hmm. behind because, you know, but it wasn't a thing, you know, mm-hmm. Nobody, it's like all of our action figures from 1978 or whatever. You know, nobody thought about keeping those in the package because it was stuff to be played with. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah,
1: all of it. All of it made with lead.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, all, all of it designed to look shiny and kill you. But but I think in that you know conservation and preservation of a lot of this stuff, it's it's far. It's taken on a bigger. Importance in the last twenty-some odd years, just because it really wasn't the case. I mean, I think the biggest—I mean, the biggest case that I can think of is the BBC taping over old used tapes reels, you know, because they didn't have the storage facility and basically deleting series or seasons of Doctor Who that now are lost forever because. They just grab the oh, okay. We need some We need a tape to record. They grab the old one, pop it in, there, and just record over. And you know, because again, their mindset was nobody's ever going to want to see this ever again. Not yeah. this is going to have importance. So we'll move on right quick to something that's going to break Aaron's heart. Unfortunately, uh, Lucasfilm has, uh, this comes from Sports Business Journal. Lucasfilm has put on hold on our on all Star Wars licensing for minor league baseball theme nights. So opening day for major minor league baseball is May the 4th, which normally would have been Star Wars night. Uh But according to uh, uh, the Sports Business Journal, Lucasfilm has told both major league baseball and minor league baseball that its licensing program for baseball theme nights is currently on hold, quote unquote.
0: Is this because according- of COVID? Or is this because they're being...
1: Not, not sure. I mean, well, I guess part of the question is if maybe they don't expect fans at all stadiums. like I know that Major League Baseball is going to let some fans in, but not fill up stadiums. I wonder if the minor league baseball stadiums are even going to be filled up. At you know,
0: all. actually, you know, and Lucasfilm is actually, you know, before they used to, they, you know, they kind of... It, they didn't get really get involved with the 501st all that much, and, right. and now it's become since the Disney acquisition that they've become a lot more um, involved and in kind of saying, you know, for you know, for example, it's like uh, we're, we're always supposed to act like a stormtrooper. You know what I mean? If you're dressed as a stormtrooper, it's like you can't be a stormtrooper. Like you've seen that video of you know Vader and the stormtroopers dancing. You know, um, it's like. Not supposed to do that, you know, because stormtroopers don't dance, you know, that type of thing. You're supposed to, you know, so and it's not like they can do anything about it, but you know, it's like it's it, they they are they they are more involved, you know. And if you do an official Lucasfilm event, you actually do have to be a certain body type to if you're going to be a stormtrooper, you know. So I would probably be a little short for a stormtrooper, you know, um, you know, so. So this thing, like I said, I just don't know, I could see it being like COVID related where it's like, we don't want to be, you know, responsible for, Hey, we'll have star Wars night and a gazillion people go to, you know, a baseball park and then everybody gets sick. And then we sue Lucasfilm because it was, you know, star Wars night. Um, but I also just wonder if it's like, are they just trying to squash some of these things? I don't know.
1: Yeah. Because I mean, I remember, think back to the baby cakes whenever they had the Star Wars nights. I mean, it was primarily you guys in the 501st. They would have a few. Some uh, of the Rebel Legion. Right. And then they would have some giveaways and they'd have some stuff for kids. And they'd be playing trivia on the screen. And people would be allowed to show up in concept. I mean, they they do a lot, a lot of minor league basil, primarily, especially. They do a ton of cross-branding promotion
0: I would, you know, I would again i would have to believe that this is, has something to do with covid because it's like yeah. i mean there's like i said there's a lot of picture taken and hugging and you know stuff like that and it's just like yeah maybe we just put this on hold for a year but you would think they would say that up front in the article
1: but they don't they don't it's just no the good thing is it says it's currently on hold so it doesn't say they won't revive it later on down the road but it's more of a question of uh at this moment because usually it links up with may the 4th which would have been great but anyway
0: so i don't get to go sweat my butt off in my snow my snow trooper gear and the shrine on airline of course well, i don't play, don't play baseball, baseball there games. anymore so
1: well, you could have gone down for a rugby game you have rugby there now <laughs> uh okay two more quick well two more one one more thing anyway uh just right quick, I'll mention that Marvel, you know, since you got, uh, talking about comic books, Marvel Comics has just signed a massive uh, distribution, uh, worldwide exclusive agreement with uh, Penguin Random House to distribute all their comic books, backlist comic books, trade collections, graphic novels. So your Star Wars comic books are going to be coming from that source instead of whatever the old one was. But, you know, just further shows that hey uh you know they're they're consolidating they're building their power base but again if you want to get some of these stories and you don't want to wait five years for the movie you know hand-drawn mark hamill in a comic book looks like mark hamill is mark hamill
0: you know however i could i could understand though why some people might that be overwhelmed by that because if you ever gone into a comic book store and it's like you know, where, where do you begin? It's like, you have to know that, okay, here's this series that is being, that's starting, like, for example, the High Republic. That wouldn't be too bad to get going, but it's like, if you, you know, all right, I want to start reading Star Wars comics. It's like, well, okay, well, you know, save your allowance and here we go, you know, or, or in Marvel, if it's like all of a sudden, what's this Marvel comic stuff all about? I mean, where do you begin? What do you do? It's, so I could see that be kind of overwhelming.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be. Now, the good thing is, you know, particularly with Star Wars comic books, uh, I mean, there's they, they have a few series going and they're pretty good about it if they're going to finish off and they'll start up a new run of something else. Even something like Darth Vader. Like they've had various series of Darth Vader comic books. So, you know, and then you can go back and collect them and like trade paperbacks or get the digital app and you download it and it's all there. So there's ways to make it happen. So you're, not a, you're not as lost there, say, if you are trying to catch up on the last 60 years of Spider-Man, so to speak. Yeah. To uh, sort
2: uh, of dovetail off your point, and though, I took my daughter to a bookstore on Sunday, and she quickly and easily found three books that immediately appealed to her from series that she was familiar with. And then we popped into a comic book store right after that and there was just nothing there for her and again i'm sure there was probably some kid appropriate stuff in that store but it wasn't you look on the you look on the wall you know it's violence 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 sex violence 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 violence, sex um and that's about it you know and i'm sure they're tailoring to their demographic but um like you said, it's it's a little bit, I don't know, I guess I, I wish it was easier for the consumer to sort of sift through those things. Because I could go on Amazon right now and do a search for Captain Marvel mm-hmm. and find something age appropriate, Captain Marvel, and order it for my kid and it'll show up in two days.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's a
2: problem for the brick and mortars. Yeah.
1: I mean, you're asking that this is where a lot of you know traditional kind of bookstores used to rely primarily on their, I mean, they still rely on their staff being knowledgeable and cognizant of everything that comes up. but, you know, bless them because it's, you know, you get that much material on a weekly basis, but it's not like you're getting the one Superman, the one Batman comic book every week, it's, you're getting four of those and all the Marvel stuff and all the other independents and here comes Star Wars and here comes this other thing and asking them to be cognizant of everything is almost impossible, Even if you have a whole team of people, they're not going to catch everything. So, and unfortunately, a lot of uh, a lot of the need to kind of have be able to guide it's paramount because you know the choices are endless and it can be quite daunting to kind of pick something that's age appropriate that's um, that you're going to feel good about them reading. Yeah,
2: yeah. Though I did see Doctor Afra there, and I think that's worth noting. Like that's a character. Who's sort of made hay in the comic book oh. arena and mm-hmm. I think we're going to see more of her in other mediums
1: so I wouldn't be surprised yeah uh, so uh, oh. <laughs> Woof. let me yeah speaking of Wolf I'll go with the light one before I go to the last heavy one uh, Mark Hamill got himself a new family member Yeah, Molly May Hamill I don't know if you saw the Instagram post that they posted uh, a couple of weeks ago a cute little puppy and since the huda jedi believe in puppies that's why it's a news the world will need go. more puppies yeah that's right that's right that was uh, a so,
2: very good saying were you like holding that for the for, for hearing lucy bark in the background in well
1: no i i heard her and i went she's giving me the god the She she's <laughs> seguing me in follow f- follow the wisdom of dogs follow the wisdom of lucy so uh Last bit of news, and uh, this one might get us into some interesting discussion. So this is from almost a month ago, the start of the month. Uh, There was a Disney investor call during which Disney CEO Bob Chapik affirmed Kathleen Kennedy's position as the head of Lucasfilm. His quote is, "'We've been absolutely thrilled that we can have the kind of talent like Kathy Kennedy to direct Lucasfilm. We look forward to having Kathleen Kennedy running the Lucasfilm organization for many years to come
0: and see so i'm going to go i'm going to go back to my uh benedict cumberbatch and this my the red flag that goes up on this one is like yeah okay she's getting fired in a year is this a dreadful confidence this is yeah this is yeah this is the like you know you know getting the boss saying oh yeah he's doing a great job and then you end up getting fired a week later you know uh how, however i i think it's far more likely that bob Chapek probably has no idea who kathy kennedy is and somebody because it's like from what from what i understand listening to the star wars underworld because i think dominic jones listened to this conference yeah. call and it sounded like Uh, you know, he's talking, Chapik's talking about all this Disney stuff. And one person gets to ask a question and it was a, it was like a totally loaded question that took him off, you know, uh, kind of off his off guard, you know? And so he's kind of, you know, I mean, of course you're not going to say, Oh yeah, we're firing her in a year or yeah, where she's retired. It's Mm -hmm. it's like you, you you lie and say, yeah, everything's hunky dory, and then you know, put the phone on mute and say, Who the hell is Kathy Kennedy? You know, that type of thing. Oh yeah, Star Wars? Okay, got it. And then it gets back, you know what I mean. Um the the circumstances around this announcement just seems odd. Um that being yeah. said, I don't think Kathy Kennedy has done anything to make Star Wars anything but more popular and more in the zeitgeist of things you know the current zeitgeist you know if that's that's kind of redundant um Mm -hmm. but but you know what i mean i mean it's like it's the the disney plus stuff is going great you know okay so maybe the sequel trilogy you know you know was not as good as we all wanted it to but that's not really on her necessarily and buck stops there but you know um so anyway i but like I said, so I'm like I'm all over the place with this one. It's like I think I think he was caught off guard, you know. But I think they should. And she's got such a resume for success. I mean, how do you, anybody else able to put Indiana Jones and Star Wars and let's list off all the other movies on your resume as a producer? You know, it's like no, no.
1: yeah. And
2: you know, let's not forget too that they're judged based on how much money they're making that's all you say yeah i mean like so like of all the star wars movies the only dud was solo and like critically at least amongst the fans it was still pretty well received so
0: um and it's not like they went into the red on that movie either i mean it just didn't perform as to what a star wars movie usually performs at um so
1: I mean, yeah, so the article, I mean, because yeah, just to go to your point, Aaron, the, the the question was somebody asked them if you would fire Kathleen Kennedy and replace her with someone like Dave Filoni. Yeah, which I is mean, a very loaded question. Like, wait, first of all, who are you? Why are you asking me this? The other thing is And do you think the, do
0: you think the Disney CEO is gonna go, Yeah, that's a great idea. I'm glad you asked that question. What a good idea. Hey, somebody write that down. Yeah, sorry I interrupted you, but it's just like No, no, I was
1: gonna say to Dave's point. So since Kevin Kennedy became head of Lucasfilm, the first thing that came out was Rebels. I'm not hearing any complaints about Rebels. Second of all, you, they've really... Yeah, there were
0: some complaints about Rebels. There, there at, at the time, there were some complaints about Rebels, especially from Clone Wars folks that thought it looked too Disney and it was now, too now. cutesy. Yeah, but and...
2: oh, those people are idiots. Well, okay, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just
0: saying it was. I, it was. <laughs> it was not. It was. It was not. You know, Jesus on a platter here, folks. It was. You Ooh. know, it's. It's. It it grew on people. Anyway, go ahead.
1: Sure. Anyway, but then four out of the five Star Wars movies that have come out under her watch have made each uh, over a billion dollars. Were you talking about money making, there you go. And then you're talking about uh, they've generated, you know, Light of the Jedi, The High Republic's come out number one in the New York Times bestseller. The Mandalorian is a Emmy and Globe, Golden Globe winning show, and has kicked up this whole other wing of Star Wars, you know. So, and the the other thing is, they're bringing in people like Patty Jenkins, Taika Waititi, Ryan Johnson, Deborah Chow. You know, it's like when you're bringing all sorts of different creative forces into this, and they're all like desperate to get involved. And then you think about they're reviving Indiana Jones, they're going to bring a new Willow, they're adapting Children of Blood and Bone. So.
0: The other thing is like, so, and the part of that question, the other part of that question or, and replace her with somebody like Dave Filoni. And let's just stop there because they said also Mm -hmm. Kevin Feige, you know, Kevin Feige, maybe Dave Filoni. No, Dave Filoni knows star Wars, but he hasn't proven that he knows how to run a company. That's, that's different. And Mm -hmm. I I also, uh, there's a hell of a lot of sexism and misogyny in this question as well. I mean, there's people who are, they they don't like Kathy Kennedy because it's Kathy Kennedy and not Kevin Mm -hmm. Kennedy. You know, it's...
1: And they don't like the fact that the choices that she's made didn't come out the way they wanted it, which, you know, as a fan, you have the right to like or not like any of the projects that have come out from Lucasfilm since the acquisition. You know, you have the right to say... No, Last Jedi was awful, Rise of Skywalker sucked. <laughs> you know, any kind of thing you want to say. And you can even think, oh, in some ways, this would have made it better. Again, we're all fans, we can all kind of do that. But to then turn around and then start saying, she's the fault for this going bad, it's like, again, no. This, this this isn't one person stirring the pot. The Mandalorian doesn't just happen because John Favreau and Dave Filoni, or John Favreau and Dave Filoni. There's teams behind there of creators, of artists, of actors, of directors who now, all make this stuff
0: happen. Now, that being said, um, just a little devil's advocate here. Um, you know, the Rogue One production was not smooth. No.
1: The Solo wasn't The smooth. Solo
0: production was not smooth. The, you know, the Rise of Skywalker production was not smooth. So, I mean... And, and again, it is at the end of the day, the buck stops at her desk, you know, mm-hmm. so there there are some things that I think, um, well, you know, I, I think Lucasfilm needs to look at and see why, why are these things happening? Why are we hiring directors and firing directors? Why are we hiring writers and firing writers? You know, it's not because they're not talented. You know, it's either you're not communicating the vision or you're not setting the parameters correctly or... You know, there's, there's something going on from a leadership, you know, point of view that she probably yeah. needs to review needs to, like mean, we talk about the story group, you know, not that she needs to be, you know, um, her hand in everything, but it's like, maybe you got the people underneath you who aren't doing the job the way you expect them to. You know what I mean? I, so there there are... I mean, it hasn't been a smooth machine. But of course, we can't also compare it to the George Lucas era because it was George Lucas's story and George Lucas's vision and George Lucas, you know, driving everything, you know? So... Um,
1: and then in, so, in some ways, you go back and you look at all those behind-the-scenes videos and extras on the DVDs and the Blu-rays for the prequels, it's impossible to... Uh, Uh, understate how much George Lucas was the final voice on everything from day one. Like, he was the one guiding everything. You know, the way that Lucasfilm is going right now, not one person. I don't think even, you know, I think the only thing Calvin Kennedy can do is, yeah, there's creative differences here. Okay, we'll swap out directors, but it's not the same because there's so many many more voices involved in this process now. I mean, everybody gives kudos to Kevin Feige, but again, Kevin Feige is a smart guy because he goes, oh, let me get... I want to make a Black Panther movie. I'm going to go hire that young director, Ryan Coogler, to write and direct my Black Panther movie. I want to revamp Thor, because remember, Thor 1 and 2, I mean, Thor, he got Kenneth Branagh, Thor 2, I think he got Alan Taylor. But then I want to revamp Thor, make it more fun, make it something important. I'm going to go get that funny... Uh, Kiwi director Taika Waititi. So in some ways, the ability to delegate, ability to pinpoint talent and go, they're going to be the ones making this for me. Yeah, it makes him look like he's the smartest guy in the room. Well, yeah, he's but, not the guy making the final
0: decision. But however, I mean, Kathy Kennedy said she got J.J. Abrams to do, you know, The Force Awakens, which was brilliant. She got yeah. Ryan Johnson to do the next movie, which again, that was a great choice. You know, mm-hmm. the, the failure there was not in the talent that, she hired, but right. in I think there, there's something within the whole recipe that got thrown off, you know, in getting them to work together. I suppose, um, right. But like I said, I mean, the point being is that you know it hasn't been, you know, the smoothest running machine. Um, there's there's been some hiccups that they probably need to be figured out. But to this question that was posed to Bob Chapek, it's like, I mean, God, I've, that was such a a loaded you know such a loaded question and it, how else do you expect him to respond you know?
1: it'd, be, it'd be like somebody come up to you, so Aaron, when did you and get a divorce it's like right well here's
0: it's a disney investors call it's like yeah. so are you going to announce yeah we're going to fire the head of lucasfilm our most successful property right now and watch and, and, you, and you expect your stocks to go up You know, so this is why, I mean, okay, it's great. I mean, that he gave the answer that he gave, but if, you know, if I'm Kathy Kennedy, I'm probably still going to be, I'm probably going to call him and say, so do I have a job, you know, privately? I want to make sure, am I, am I still here as long as I want, you know, because that's not going to be something he's going to announce on an investor's call that, yeah, we're, you know.
2: I think if I'm in her shoes and call and I apologize, they're like, I'm sorry you had to deal with with that kind of stupid question because it's just like it's pointless to even dignify it because again that's not that's not the forum for a question like that right but it's like yeah you're gonna put this person on the spot what are they gonna say in, in that arena get them on the phone you know corner them in a you know i need five minutes of your time i need a i need a one-on-one with you what you know however you know stalk his secretary or whatever however you gotta get it get it but it's like okay if you want to interview this man on the future of star wars then you do that in a different setting than a freaking investors call which is just again everybody's probably like looking around like what what is even happening here because that's the reaction that you should have to that.
0: It's like the, it's like the dude that got up in front of the city council in Lincoln, Nebraska, and you know, got on the whole um, chicken tenders are not you know or boneless boneless chicken wings. So there's no so such true. thing as boneless chicken wings, and you know, it, saucy nugs. Saucy nugs, yes. So,
1: um,
2: <laughs> I love saucy nugs, guy. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I'll I'll go to bat for Saucy next guy because that, that that's that's good entertainment right there. But uh, I, you know, it is what it is. And again, like I think, like with this, look at the dollars. I mean, and that's all her boss cares about. They don't care about the storyline. Are you doing justice to Luke Skywalker or whatever? No, they're looking at the dollars.
0: Here's the other other thing that drives me bonkers. I mean, again, okay, so Kevin Feige has been successful with Marvel. That doesn't mean that he's going to be successful with Star Wars. And again, and it's not like if you put somebody in charge of Lucasfilm, they're not really going to be working on Star Wars per se. They're the ones who's, you know, they're, they're the head of the company, you know, they have minions to do that other stuff. You know, it's like, yeah. so, I don't I mean, know. that's
1: kind of their point. It's they, they hired Kathleen Kennedy to be the person see overseeing that. And as long as you're making us money,
0: honestly, we don't care. Honestly, I think the thing is you got, I mean, the Marvel franchise has kicked the Star Wars franchise butt really for better part of a decade, you know. And I think you got a lot of people who are like, you know, you know, I well, it's it's like on if your football team's getting beat all the time, so it's like you want, you know, let's bring in the quarterback from that team so that we can start winning again. You know what I mean? But
1: but, it, but it, the question to me is, I mean, and realistically, look at yes, we can have our debates and our personal feelings about some of the product or some of the projects that come out from Lucasfilm in the last few years, you know, whether it's episode eight or episode nine or whatever. But overall, have we not been saying that this has been sort of a golden age for Star Wars? I mean, since the original trilogy, even better than the prequels, because you're getting movies every other year. You're getting great TV shows with great stories every season, every year. You're getting all this material. Again, if you want to go pick up a Star Wars comic book, there's Dr. Aphra, there's Darth Vader. If you want to go play uh, Jedi Fallen Order or Squadrons, that's available to you if you want to you know read one of the high republic books there's more star wars now than it's ever been and then sometimes i go like you know you're surrounded by it's like being in the middle of a, a sumptuous feast and complaining that you know the the spicy the, the saucy nugs they I mean, were not cooked to your liking <laughs> <The> saucy <laughs> nugs
2: are not good enough Uh, You know, what? uh, the other point I'll make briefly about this is I think like Marvel, if you're going to compare the two and we always do, if you're going to compare the two and the MCU had an eight year head start Mm -hmm. and it was just like they're building this thing and they're building it the right way. They're like, okay, this movie ties into this next one. And then we're going to build off of that. And they're, and they're doing the same thing with their publishing arm. Right. You know, their comics are tying into their movies and they're promoting certain, certain comic lines that, you know, are the ones that they're making movies of. So it's like, it's all tied in with one of them, but then an eight year head start. So by the time force awakens comes out, You know, the MCU is just humming at that point. And again, Force Awakens, great success, huge success. Rogue One, huge success. Last Jedi, you can't argue with the box office. Um, But I think where if you want to, like, bring that critique to the forefront, which is like, well, Star Wars has gotten their butt kicked, right? I think it's that they didn't manage to build off of any of that momentum, that they created with the Force Awakens, and again, a lot of that was fan expectations. You know, a decade of Finn. waiting for this, but they didn't capitalize on on that.
0: You know, my my point is that, and when I say getting their butt kicked, it's you know, it's like, you know the, it's like the people who are fr- in New Orleans here are frustrated. There's you know probably more people who go to Jimmy John's in a day than go to Parkway. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? it's and it that frustrates people it's like there's a better product in at parkway but too many people are eating jimmy johns and it's like um and so it's star wars has been forever this great product but you just you get tired of everybody talking about all the marvel stuff you know what i mean so they want they want star wars to be you know getting just as much positive talk and so well how do we do that let's put kevin feige in charge of everything you know, it's, I don't know, it, it frustrates me that way. But,
1: yeah, and I think, no, go ahead, Dave, go
2: ahead. Well, I'll say one, you know, if, like, to my point, I guess, I, I'm i not sure if I made it great uh, good well enough. It's like 2015 Force Awakens, right, comes in. It kicks the MCU's butt. I mean, like, it's huge. It's like one of the most successful movies of all time. The next two movies, great. By the time you're at 2018, like if we go we get in a time machine, we go back to 2018, and we're we'll like, Star Wars or the MCU, which one's better? You know, asking the geek fandom. Um, a lot of people are gonna say Star Wars at that point still. And it's really only over the last couple of years where Star Wars has sort of and again, you can't ignore the trades. You can't ignore the news behind the scenes where it's like we're going to do these offshoot films. All that stuff gets canceled. You can't help but have negative feelings about that. You can't help but see that solo didn't do well at the box office. Rise of Skywalker did not do well with the critics. Um, And like, they're at a point, but again, like to Fredo's point, Like, if you kind of step back from it and you look at the broader landscape, you're like, well, this is a great time to be a Star Wars fan. It really is. There's so much out there. But (laughs) they're not at the top of the mountain, really, anymore.
1: And I think the rain lies the bigger issue for a lot of the fans And this. Look. We can get into discussions about fan culture and people who wear the T-shirt, as they is wearing the T-shirt, but also who internalize a lot of this stuff. And uh, like, oh my God, if if Star Wars isn't the greatest, most biggest thing ever, you know, somebody failed, and you're like, it doesn't have to be the greatest, most amazing thing ever. It can be good, and people can like it, and people can like other things. You know, this isn't this isn't like you're picking sports teams where one wins, one loses. We just had an amazing season two of Mandalorian and then we roll into one division and Falcon and Winter Soldier. And I'm happy for all those different they're completely different. They have nothing to do with one another. Well, the one division and Falcon are tethered to the MCU, but it's not like I'm like, oh, if one division's great, then that means Mandalorian must not have been as good. No. It was awesome. I enjoyed it. You know, we have there has to be an ability to kind of detach and go, you know, the success or failure of the media franchise that I support does not mean that it's better or worse or it's failing. You know, the fact of the matter is, is you're getting great stuff. You're getting stuff being made by fans. That, that, that's a, how many know. whether well, it's JJ Abrams or Ryan Johnson or Dave Filoni or Java. These are all people who are fans of this stuff and they want to give you the best possible Star Wars uh, movie TV show, whatever. But, it's somebody the fault lies not in them but in us the fault is not in our stars but in ourselves dear brutus
0: i don't think there's a better way to end except for on we'll give Fredo the final word on that one so um what did thou quote shakespeare there you go um <laughs> Well, cool. Well, uh, yeah, so that was a lot of, a lot of news, a lot of rumors, stuff like that. Just kind of barfing out a lot of star Wars stuff. Thanks for hanging with us. Um, you can always find us on about any place that you get your podcasts. Um, as you well know, cause you found us, but if somebody's looking for us, send them wherever, um, they'll and, but we're on uh, Facebook and Twitter as well. So please, you know, bother us with your, uh, it's not a bother at all. Actually. We like, we like the diversion. So if you want to talk star Wars online, you know, let us know. Um, but until then, we will say Hoodat. Who Hoodat. And I think we decided maybe next week we'll talk about the Snyder Cut. I think. Or come, dun, dun, dun. In, a, in a future episode, we'll talk about that. I think that'll be kind of fun. Um, it won't be a four-hour podcast, though, we promise. So <laughs> everybody have a wonderful week, and uh, go get your vaccine. See ya. My country.